Hello and welcome to Trolls of the Two Ton Bridges or TO Triple TV. My name is John and I'll be your Percival Silverlight today. Thank you once again for joining us at the table, uh, be it virtually or otherwise. We do realise that the release schedule has been a bit erratic, but we will be getting episodes out whenever we possibly can. Thank you for bearing with us. Please make sure you come by, say hello on all of our social media channels. To Triple T B Podcast. That's T O T T B Podcast. Come and say hi. We know that there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world at the moment, but hopefully we can provide you all with just a few smiles, or at least a couple of sighs because of terrible jokes. Have fun, and remember to stay safe. Adventure! The Log of Percival Silverlight Things have taken an interesting turn. Quayothe, one of the merchant princes, has put forward a way to enlist her help in our hunt for the Death Curse. We must find and eliminate a member of the Flaming Fist, Shago. Failure to do so may bring Quayothe's vengeance upon us. We shall see. We have also been asked by Akene to provide evidence of Eliza's cheating in the Unchained Dinosaur race taking place tomorrow. Zibi and Siliqui are currently entertaining Eliza at the Enchanted Dinosaur, breaking down her defences and eking out the truth from her. Rana, on the other hand, has secreted himself inside the dinosaur stables, searching for evidence of foul play and possible performance-enhancing drugs. In all honesty, dear reader, the thought of roided-out dinosaurs sets my blood running cold. Adventure. Uh, we will cut back to uh, the dino dens again, and we are at the enchanted dinosaur now. Siliqui and Zibby, you guys are uh, at the enchanted dinosaur, and uh, you guys have bought drinks. Do you want just sort of regular ale drinks, or are you, are you fancying something a little stronger? Um, so the very strong drinks, you know, like the ones with the lemon... Drow uh, poison. Poison or whatever. Yes. Yeah. What colour is the liquid? What colour is the liquid? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sort of... It's got to be black. Not black, <laughs> no. But it's a definitely it's a deep sort of um, brown kind of colour. Oh, no, they did. They retconned is- that, didn't they? So, yeah, maybe a deep purple. Well, the thing is, it's oh, not yeah. actual dra- drow poison. If you drank actual drow poison, it would kill you. This is a yeah. very... Oh, well, maybe not kill you, but it does a... It is a very small dosage is put into the drink to uh, increase increase the potency of the alcohol. Okay, so um, is there any other liquids or drinks there that have a similar colour that aren't alcoholic or aren't that strong, but are the same colour? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'd say. Or are there ones that Silicon can mix together that look the same colour? <laughs> you just get lots of different colour fruit juices and make it a brown. I was about to say I'm confused. Yeah. Um, so there would be there would be a sort of like fruit juice alternative that could probably well, be quite no, I'm similar. I'm just wondering whether, yeah, if if Silicon could make something that looks the same colour as that, so she could imply that's what she was drinking. If that makes sense. Right. Okay. So essentially, you're trying to you're trying to look like you're getting drunk whilst not getting drunk. Yes. Okay. And are you doing that in trying to keep that from Eliza, or are you just is that just your aim is just to have a non-alcoholic alternative? 
and you're just fine with just saying that's what you're doing. A mix of the two. She doesn't want to change the dynamic of, oh, she's not, she's the only one not drinking. You know, we want to try and kind of be fans of, of Eliza and, and make nice with Eliza. Right. Um, but also, if she wanted to try, you know, and push the drinking part to get Eliza a bit more loose-tongued, maybe. Right, um, okay. But so the Queen doesn't want to get heavily drunk because... No, actually, do you know what? Do you know what? No, Siliqui can handle it. She's actually... That, I, no, that no. Took, that took a 180. Um, <laughs> let me think. Sorry, no, Siliqui, it's not Siliqui can't handle the drink. She can drink for fucking England. It's just that? she doesn't want to fall back into that problem of needing the drink <laughs> as opposed to not being able to handle it. Right, um, okay. Can she trick Eliza into that? It looks like she's drinking the same as her, okay. but not always drinking yes. the same as her. That's, that, yeah. that's what I was trying to guess at. Right, so, so, so for that... <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, uh, what you'd want to make there is essentially a deception check when you're trying to not drink. Uh, if you're trying to keep it from Eliza, yeah, you'll be trying to deceive her into thinking you're drinking alcohol when only she is. I am, however, going to point out that you have the walking drunkard with you, uh, Zibby who could potentially get drunk on your behalf. Oh, we're both, yeah. He, he could drink if he wants to. Uh, I don't know whether you want to do a yeah. drinking contest exactly again, but... Um, well, the other one was only yesterday. It was fine. I don't think it's necessarily a drinking contest as much as, mm. as much as going, come on, let's have another one. Let's go. And then carry on chatting, you know, and trying to get more out of her. Yeah, so Silicu, <laughs> what I'd like from you there is a deception check, please. Because oh, essentially, yeah, you're trying one. to... You're trying to, over the course of the drinks with uh, with Eliza, you're trying to deceive her into thinking that you're having the same yeah. amount of alcohol as her. So, 16. Yep. 16. Okay. 16, yeah. So, as you're drinking, so you sort of, you go to the bartender and you are able to get this sort of fruit juice alternative that looks fairly similar, um, but you just, you make sure that when you sort of go to get around, essentially, you can order a uh, a fruit juice instead of getting the proper thing. And you're yeah. able to sort of, because you're kind of drinking out of clay cups rather than uh, than glass cups, it's fairly easy to, even though the liquid doesn't look exactly the same, it looks fairly similar. Um, Zibby, what about you? Are you drinking the same sort of thing or are you um, are you trying to go sober? Oh, no, 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 I'm going to drink the booze. Okay, then. So you and Eliza are drinking the proper booze. Can I get a constitution check from you? And can I get, because you are drinking some syllabi, can I get a constitution check at advantage from you, please? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a natural 20, so that's 22. Natural 20, okay. Oh, that... So, constitution... Oh, I threw it three times, sorry. So, it was a 10 and a 3, so yeah. it was advantage. So, 10 and constitution. Uh, is that just a straight constitution? It's a in... straight constitution, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's a saving throw. So, 12. So... Oh, saving throw. Yeah, okay, so, if you, so... Have, if you have proficiency yeah. with it, then you can add it. But if not... So 12. So 12. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Zibby, you're knocking them back like a champion. Now that you've had some time and you've actually already, you're kind of, you're, you're waiting for the kick of that drow poison, you can, you can knock it back and it barely tickles your sinuses as it goes down. But at least you get slight gaps between to have a conversation, like, as yeah. opposed to with Tobias. Yeah, yeah, no, of, of just, course. I'm just go, sort of. Go, go. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just kind of like, I'm sort of binding it all up because I'm not necessarily. Mm-hmm having you unless you really want to role play the entire conversation we can do but it's sort of like as you're sort of going through this motion of trying to carouse her and and, you know convince her that you are her number one fans you've done well at the deception it's now how well are you actually dealing with the poison and unfortunately for you Siliqui even though uh, you are only taking one or two when you do take it oh it stings you immediately you start feeling that sort of fuzz at the end of your fingertips and every once in a while a word or two does slur, and you're, you're, you're aware of it, but you're there just kind of like, oh, crap, 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 um, <laughs> as, you're, as you're trying not to uh, not to sink what? into an absolute drunken kind mess. Of got a tum- uh, like a numb top lip. And, mm. <laughs> and Zibby, you across the way, you can see that Siliqui is sort of, is, is succumbing slightly to the liquor, but you're there to kind of prop her up a little bit every once in a while, because you, you're just taking it like a champ. She's got one eyebrow that keeps going up on its own. <laughs> hey, I mean, Eliza's, Eliza's quite beautiful in her own way. A bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. You know, harsh and savage, but um, but not uh, not unattractively so, should we say? <laughs> That's such a 
weird. But like, is that compliment sandwich? Is that like she's not great? She's not know. ugly. She's not. I don't. I don't freaking know. All right. Is she pretty? Is she? I'm just trying to explain. I'm trying to explain why your eyebrows going up. All right. She's drunk. Can't switch the eyebrow. And this is what Zibby does every time he notices that Silicon is getting ever so slightly squiffy. Yeah. <laughs> just the, Leon, just the, just yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Just, just, yeah, just yeah, that whole cheers, DiCaprio. So like, the hair cheers. As you're uh, talking through with this, you get quite, quite animatedly into it. Eliza's talking you through um, the sort of the finer points of the Unchained race and her, her experience. <clears throat> What you find from it is uh, Eliza is very proud of her racing record. It seems that for quite some time before she was riding Bone Cruncher, she was actually one of the top racers in Portney and Zaro. Um, and that on top of her winnings, what she tried to do was get Bone Cruncher as a way of boosting uh, that interest in her, which is corroborated by your uh, chat with Otagu earlier that day. And what's also corroborated is the fact that since Big Honker entered, who entered at the same time that uh, Bone Cruncher was revealed, unfortunately her fortunes were slipping. She was still placing maybe second and third, but she hadn't managed to beat Big Honker in a race yet. And that's clearly, you know, she's getting slowly into a cup that's clearly weighing on her. I'd like both of you, please, to roll me a perception. And Siliqui, I'd like you to roll your perception at disadvantage. Because um, you're squiffing. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, oh, I, oh, it's 15 for me. Could be worse. So, 8 and 5. So, 13. 13. And uh, Zibby? 15. 15. Okay. So, Zibby, can you please remind me what languages you know? Uh, common and Dwarven. Common and Dwarven. Okay, cool. So... While you're discussing these facts with uh, Eliza, you notice that when she's talking about Tyrick and uh, how he's beaten her, every once in a while she sort of she puts her hands down in front of her and she starts to finger a small bronze ring on her middle finger of her right hand. You can see that there is a sort of inscription and some runes written around it and there's this orange gem set in it. It doesn't look particularly out of place at first hence why you haven't noticed it up until this point but you as you as you're watching her talk you notice that there is this pattern of whenever she seems to be getting a little bit down a little bit thinking about you know Tyrix wins over her she's just slowly twisting that ring on her finger slightly um it's only a slight thing not enough that you would necessarily bring it up but it's enough that you notice it Siliqui on the other hand you just noticed that uh, she has the most lovely shade of green eyes. <laughs> Can you describe the ring again? Oh, sorry, it's. Um, he said it was like a band with the orange stone. You don't notice it, Silicon. Around it. Oh, he, he, he's right. He just asked <laughs> to repeat what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zibby, what did you say? Uh, sorry, what was the uh, what was the ring again? Uh, what sort of oh, right. Was it? Oh, sorry. My apologies, Natalia. I didn't realise you were responding to Nick <laughs> instead of me. Sorry. Uh, it was a it was a bronze ring with an orange gem, um, and it has some runes engraved in it. But you can't understand what the runes mean. Do you know? I, I well, I'm not normally this forward. I uh, I blame the drought poison, frankly. But um, I don't think I've ever seen a shade of green like your eyes. They're they're magnificent. It's, um, have you ever been told? How unusual your eyes are. They're, they're really quite brilliant. Oh, sometimes. Uh, when uh, some backers are particularly keen to know what uh, what my trick is. But, uh, yeah, I could stand to hear it a few more times. That doesn't sound very genuine. I mean, um, they really are. They really do need to be noticed. They're beautiful. She blushes slightly as you, as you say that. It's like, oh, stop it, you. Well, no, there's no need to be embarrassed. I'd be proud if I was you. I, I am an artist, and I, I notice the beauty in the world. It'd be lovely to draw a picture of your face one day to uh, to paint you. Would you like to come and see my etchings? <laughs> <laughs> she seems she seems quite taken with the idea. And uh, what kind of positions and what kind of uh, uh, poses would you would you be thinking? Well, it depends on what kind of poses you would be up for, really. Um, <laughs> Of course, my, my passion being writing, it feels like being on a, being on a, uh... <laughs> the, the, the amount of innuendo in this episode is absolutely unreal. 
I know. If you felt comfortable unstraddling some kind of mount, of mount I, I, I would be happy to, um, if that's your more preferred position, I, I can paint you that way. While the, while the, while the, two, while the two painters in one, in one corner, Zippy, uh, is there any particular reaction or anything you're doing at this time? Uh, Zippy is raising one eyebrow and sniggering slightly into his drink. <laughs> He's just blowing his own drink all over his face. <laughs> Excellent. Oh my god. Okay. While you guys are <laughs> drinking and by the sounds of things starting to flirt, um we cut uh, it's, back it's, it's, try something. <laughs> we cut back to the uh to the dinosaur shed. Rana, as you're sort of sat oh, there. Oh yeah, I forgot Rana's still there. As you're, as you're sort of sat there, you kind of you every every once in a while you kind of yeah. yeah we're, we're sitting there drinking, making making back loaf lager, and uh, Rana, you're sort of you're sat there. You kind of you're watching what's happening. You kind of you're waiting for something to come up on your come up on your strings. Um, you have to. There's there comes a point where you know your two hours start to come up, and still nothing's come through the hatch. Nothing has triggered on your strings so far. So you're going to have to, presumably... So with Wild Shape, it lasts up to two hours. So I presume you need to sort of, like, redo it or something like that? Yeah. Just sort of, like, step um, outside? If Rana scuttles up to the roof, are there any sort of beams or anything on the roof that he could... There are sufficient size that he could sit or lie on in human form? There there would be some, yes. Yeah, there would okay, be, there in would which be case, some, uh, some beams up there that you could potentially sit on. Rana will scuttle up into the shadows in the eaves um, finding the biggest sturdiest eave that he can or ra- rafter that he can he will wild shape as quietly as he can uh, back into Rana one arm wrapped around it for balance and he'll perch on the uh, on the beam keep okay. watch as you're perching there, you're fairly comfortable. It's you know the beam is is wide enough that it's not unless you fall asleep. It's, it's unlikely that you're going to fall off there or anything. But as you're sort of you're lying there, you hear beneath you a very low growl start to build up. Sort of glancing down, you see Bone Cruncher has opened his eyes and is looking up at you, and you can see he's just sort of like <laughs> sniffing in your direction and can just sort of see you. And it's just just keeping his eyes on you, and you hear there's a couple other low growls, and you see sort of in other pens, <laughs> other eyes sort of turning up towards Dinner. you. Um, as the as you can, and it, it doesn't take much to realise that they clearly, as a as a human, you are now more noticeable uh, mm-hmm. to these animals. They can't reach you. None of them seem to be you know making any moves, but you can just hear that just ever so like Rana. Rana produces uh, one of the fried gecko sticks, uh, gecko kebabs he had earlier, <laughs> and he munches right. on one. He pulls off one of the fried geckos and drops it uh, in front of Bone Cruncher's. Just, just drops it over the edge, down towards Bone Cruncher whilst munching his gecko. Bone Cruncher sort of sees this come down, and quite quickly his neck sort of snaps forward. And before the gecko hits the ground, he actually catches it. Can you imagine how tiny that is to a dinosaur, though, like a gecko? But if a man offers you a salted peanut, a you're going to stack that up, aren't you? It's very small in relation, <laughs> into relation to you, but it doesn't mean it's not delicious. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's but it would be like a speck of a peanut, probably. It would be really tiny. He takes a bite of it, and you can hear there's a couple, uh, there's a couple of slightly more deeper sort of grunts and uh, growls from the... Uh, neighboring creatures that perhaps maybe got a whiff of that as it came down but uh certainly bone crunchers just looking up at you still and uh you see he swallows the swallows the gecko down but he doesn't doesn't get up doesn't move but he just sits there staring at you seeing as rana is fairly sort of comfortable i think rana rana will wait um plan was to see if anything came in in the evening if anything happened at night um mm. so i'm not sure that okay. rana can do much else but wait it's coming down to sunset sun hasn't quite set yet but nobody's turned up to feed the dinosaurs yet as far as you can tell mm-hmm. oh god yeah, so the sunset's about six o'clock you said yeah mm-hmm. uh, last time and um, we're all drunk yeah and the sun hasn't even set yet oh yeah okay this very mind again this is all kind of like this is all happening at odd random times yeah. it's just if yeah. runners literally gonna sit there for ages 
I must just point out that Siliqui's drunk. Yeah, Siliqui's drunk. <laughs> Zibby's doing okay, yeah. actually. I've built up a tolerance. Okay. <laughs> so, we pick up now, um, once again, uh, with Percival. You are heading across the Temple of Severas, and you are taken to a uh, another small sort of dormitory ward kind of room. Um, the same acolyte that you remember from the ritual where you saw the uh, jungle city and the red eyes that supposedly affected or afflicted rather um grandfather Zatembe. steve looks up to you and uh, and says welcome how can i help you sir ah brother steve indeed thank you i, d- I do appreciate you uh, offering me your 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 time i i understand that you are rather busy well it's been a step up from uh, from before but i like to think so far i've uh, i've done the grandfather proud but I can yes. I can offer you now some some time. Is there is there some service I can do for you, or something you would like well, to know? Well, yes, there's a couple of small matters, if you don't mind. I, I obviously I, I did pop into Grandfather's Atembe. He's uh, looking relaxed. Uh, relaxed is a word for it, I suppose. Yeah, anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, I I uh, I also hear he's he's been. Uh, kind of mumbling some words every now and again but uh, Wakanga tells me that it's uh, ancient Chultan have you happened across any other language that he's, he's been speaking is it, is it Jihad? No it seems to be mostly if he's speaking it's just uh, ancient Chultan uh, or common there are occasional moments yeah. when he seems to mutter other things that we can't make out but it's more because of the way he's mumbling rather than necessarily making out the phrases he's saying Yes, yes. Perfect diction is incredibly important. I mean, of course, it is. It's very hard to understand anybody if they're not talking properly. Indeed. Now, one other thing, if uh, if you don't mind. I'd, of course. Now, I understand that uh, Grandfather's Tembe is a is a a master in scrying. Of course, he is. He is one of our foremost scryers. Yes. Yes, but but the temple as a whole, you all, you do also do your your own uh, part in terms of scrying, don't you? Of course, yes, yes. If you if you wanted a uh, question put to the guides uh, to the to the ritual you saw us before, we can still perform that ritual if need be and uh, learn what we can. Yes, uh, for a uh, for a donation to the temple, of course. Of course, and uh, how much would that donation be? Uh, 25 gold pieces 25 gold pieces now if if uh, if possible I was just wondering if, if there was any chance that we could kind of combine uh, possibly two things it is tricky I'm afraid uh, it is you're right it is very very tricky because <laughs> you know we are all trying to find the death curse and trying to save grandfather's attempt it's quite difficult isn't it you know well with all of the money and all of the time that we have to find the death curse and trying to f- rescue grandfather's attempt hint <laughs> <laughs> Roll me, <laughs> roll me a persuasion, please. <laughs> I don't know why you thought that was a persuasion. <laughs> I've, I've no idea. No, it was, wasn't obvious in the slightest. I just, I just picked a skill at random. Eight. Eight. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, I think it probably deserved that eight. <laughs> uh, Steve considers for a moment and says, you, you, are, you are quite correct that time is, I suppose, of the essence though exactly how much time I suppose we don't know but um, what, what, what precisely is it that you're after we'll, we'll see if we can come to some sort of arrangement for you but it is worth bearing in mind of course that without the grandfather we are at a slightly reduced capacity I am not as skilled as, as the grandfather of course but I will, I will do oh, my best shush I won't hear of it um, you, I've, I've heard that you're, you're one of the most up and comingest uh, people who do scrying things around here he he smiles to himself there and just sort of sits up a little straighter as if yes i am indeed but come what 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 is it i can help you with two things um firstly i was wondering if you may be able to help me with uh somebody who i'm i'm trying to locate uh just just to see how they're doing 
I have heard some uh, terrible rumours, and I just want to make sure that they are safe. Of course. But who, who is it? Uh, a gentleman by the name of Shago. Gentleman by the name of Shago. Okay. Yes. Yes. I yes. believe he uh, he may be if it's of any use. He may be around the Fort Belleron area. That will be of help. Yes. And you see, uh, Steve pulls to himself a bit of parchment and starts to sort of write down what you're telling him. Um, so looking for Shago, and you want to you want to know how he's doing. Well, essentially, yes. If anything that you can tell me, um. You know, what what he's doing uh how he is 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 he well um and obviously we want to make sure that the 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 chap is safe well, i can certainly look into this for you this would be a fairly easy matter um you returned within 24 hours i assume of course that you uh did donate charitably to the temple then uh, that of would be course. an easy enough task to do I think but so long as uh, <laughs> as long as he's no artist Simba I suppose but um, but uh, no but no. there was there was another thing you wanted me to look into indeed uh, I, uh, sorry you did mention artist Simba you're still looking for him well not at the moment we have we have tried invariably to find him but uh, uh, the Mm. I shouldn't really be telling you this, but uh, Zentarim, I've been looking for him, and uh, well, as far as we can tell, he's un unscriable. I see. Yes, yeah. as long as this shadow isn't under the uh, same influence that is protecting Artus, should be an easy matter of finding him. You have his name. You even know where he might be, which makes it very easy to uh, locate people. But. Um, but it's it's not easy to uh, to find Simba for some reason. Yes, yes, yes. I I have heard that he's a a tricky old fruit. You know, that's one way of describing him. Yes. Uh, but come, there was one <laughs> other subject you wanted to discuss. Yes. One other. Um. This this may seem a little odd, mm -hmm. and it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. But I was wondering if you may be able to scry on the city of Omu. The city of Omu? Uh, I'm sorry, what, what city is this? Um, I have a hunch. You have a hunch? Yes. Now, you, you yourself were present during our little fly around the world of Chultons, where we unfortunately lost Grandfather Zatembe to this, this dreadful, dreadful sleeping sickness. Mm, of course. You you saw what we saw. Am I mistaken? I did indeed see what you saw. Are you suggesting that the city we saw might be the this city, Omu? I don't know for certain, but... Um, I was searching through a book the other day, and and I did happen to come across the name Omu. I don't really know much about it. Um, it uh, I believe it was the old capital of Chult. Capital of Chult? Maybe. And at this, he sort of sits yes. up a little, a little more and <clears> says, <throat> You think... And he sort of, he thinks to himself for a moment, and is sort of contemplative and says... The capital of Cholt was lost years ago. It's reclaimed by the jungle. But yes, very possibly. The city we saw was mostly ruins. That sounds fairly uh, reclaimed to me. He sort of leans back and just sort of thinks for a bit and just... I see. Do you think perhaps this is connected to the of course, if it's the same one. Now, it said that uh, it was near a volcano, and if my memory serves me correctly, there was some some form of volcanic steam or something like that. You're right, there I was. I mean, I'm no geologist. Well, the tricky part would be that there are a number of volcanoes in the south of Chort. And, of course, there is the... There is another complication I think perhaps you've overseen. Yes. If you are correct, 
If you are right in thinking that this city we saw was indeed Omu, there is the matter of that that creature, those red eyes that that caused we think that caused whatever happened to Zetembe. Perhaps there is some form of protection over it? Perhaps. If we were to perform this, would we perhaps be we might be endangering our acolytes. Uh, I mean, surely you've got somebody that's expendable. <laughs> he kind of he gives you a look here. He's been he's been invested, but at this point he just looks at you deadpan, just like like you can almost you can see the respect for you as just as just taking a dive there. <laughs> of course, I I don't really mean that. That's uh, that's obviously immediate in the back of my brain working. Of um, course, sir. Well, I mean, perhaps there's perhaps there's some other... Uh, is there a way to protect oneself, do you think? Not that I'm aware of. There might be ways, possibly. We could look into it, perhaps, but... I shall think on the matter. Of course. It's an interesting idea you bring to me today. Mr. Silver Knight. Certainly an intriguing one. The one that I think warrants investigating, but we cannot be we cannot be hasty, I think, with this. As no. we thought out, and if we can find some way of protecting the one that searches for a mood, just as a precaution, then Of course. Perhaps Perhaps we could do this. However, I'm afraid and he circles back to I'm unsure right. I could search for a move for you right now. I could do my research and see if I can find some way to ensure that whoever searches for ruins in Cholt in general uh, is more shrouded. Yes. But it will take time, I'm afraid. Um, but I will bear this in mind. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I, of course, I, I wouldn't want anybody to be un- unduly harmed or put in harm's way. I appreciate that. And I'm sure you do. <laughs> 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 Revealed your hand a little too quickly there, Percival. Um, <laughs> that's just me being stupid. No worries. <laughs> You're Percival. It happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> he is willing to look into Shago for you for your donation of 25 gold pieces. However, he is not willing to look into a moo until he has some uh, better protection perhaps in place for somebody that was searching just in case he's certainly intrigued as i said there that uh, yeah. that you have made that connection and perhaps perhaps they are connected but if it does he wants to know that whoever he makes look for it he's protected well steve it is uh, it's always a joy to uh, to 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 uh, talk to you likewise um, please Please do let me know if you hear any uh, any news of uh, Grandfather Zetembe. We're all invested in him. Of course. We will be sure to let you know, as we are sure he would want you to know if he, uh, well, whatever happens to him. And uh, When he recovers, you mean? Of course, of course. Uh, if you would uh, be so good as to uh, visit the clerks as you leave and make your donation... Of course. Then you can return tomorrow, and I will tell you what I know of Shagger. Of course. Thank you very much, Steve. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. He bows you, uh, bows you out of the room, and uh, is there anything else you want to do in the Temple of Sevras, or are you just going to head on out? Uh, as, as he heads out, he's, he's just going to say, uh, say hello to the wife and kids for me, and he, uh, <laughs> he heads over to uh, the, the clerk's office. <laughs> you leave a slightly confused uh, Steve behind you. Uh, it's like so, a whirlwind, is Percival. It's oh, like yes. a whirlwind of confusion. <laughs> he is. He just confuses, confuses and distracts people everywhere. <laughs> if you can mark off 25 gold pieces... Um, uh, There's no deal there at all. No sadly, deal. sadly not. Um, there might have been if there was some protection in place, but unfortunately uh, you didn't quite roll high enough to, to pull that off right now, I'm afraid. I think it's one of those things as well. It's actually, it actually was kind of regardless. To my mind, that's how how Steve would be viewing it as well. Is that yeah. he appreciates that danger? Could, yeah, yeah, there is there is potential danger for whoever might uh, search for it. 
Um, so he would want yes. to know that yes. they were being safe. So if you inquired again at an earlier date, or perhaps when he knows, he might make you aware. Yep. Okay. All good. Heading no back problem. out into the street. Uh, Percival, what are you going to head for next? Uh, what kind of time is it? So it's now for you. It's actually coming on to about sort of uh, mid-afternoon. You are kind of heading towards sunset. You're not quite dark yet, but you're uh, you're sort of heading in that direction in terms of time. You know that uh, okay. you know that Volo was going to send word to you at the Giggling Squid if you uh, and your party would be welcome at your fans for dinner this evening. But obviously, you haven't yet heard word because obviously, you know, the word would be at the Giggling Squid, and you don't actually know beyond knowing that the others went to the Dino Dens in the morning. You don't actually know where they are at the moment. Oh, one thing. I, one thing I should say actually that I I totally forgot to mention is okay. that um, I I would leave to ban. A message at the baths that um, will be going to the giggling squid. Okay, all right. Yep. So he'd he'd know yeah, where to just, go obviously, to find so you. He again. knows. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So yes, I, I I think Percival would head over to the giggling squid. Okay. Thank you. Then. So we leave you making your way across town, uh, back at the dino dens. Let's see. Siliqui uh, and. Zibby, you guys notice as well as the time has been passing, it's getting on towards evening now. There is talk of getting something to eat. The, di- the enchanted dinosaur does have some fare on offer. It's mostly a sort of stew. There's not like a lot of variety, um, but there is a there is a sort of savoury meal on that uh, you could potentially partake in. Um, how drunk is um, Eliza? Okay, let's find out how drunk Eliza is. <laughs> the constitution saving throw. <laughs> oh yeah. Eliza seems quite on her feet. You know, she seems she's God, you know so it's just still a queen. Yeah, she's kind of she's she's you know she's enjoying her drinks, and you know after a couple of drinks of uh, drow poison, they they do switch back to normal ale again. The drow is poison is mostly to get you buzzed, and then you have the sort of like normal drinks after that. Ah, uh, pre-drink drinks. Mm, yeah, exactly. Mm. And Eliza is starting to sort of like, is actually, is she, she's herself, you know, she's enjoying the fans. She's enjoying the sort of like uh, camaraderie of drinking with you two, but she is sort of, uh, she's starting to sort of, uh, uh, not exactly look at her watch, but she is sort of starting to say things like, you know, it's like, well, it's going to be a big day tomorrow. I should probably, probably be getting back to my lodgings in the market. I can completely understand that, but um, also, I would love to chat to you longer. I mean, um, the night is still quite young, and it's an honour to meet you, quite frankly. And, of and course um, it is. We haven't even eaten yet. We should get some food. And I still haven't told you my story about the weirdest thing I've ever written. Oh, yes, of course, your story. Please, do tell. Well, hang on. Let's, let's, let's sort this out first. I, well, I, no, no, I think, no. I've, um, been, I've been waiting on this story for what feels like hours now. Well... Okay, right, well... <laughs> hey, you <laughs> backed yourself into this corner. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, this is the Queen's set. She just wanted to get a little bit more drunk first, but never mind. No, fair um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> but tell you what, if I tell you this story, you'll have a couple more drinks with us. I, of course, I will do. Um, Zibby, what are you kind of saying as this is going on? Are you kind of like sitting back and watching the the, the bonfire go? Or are you just kind of like, are you chipping in? I think Zibby would be quite interested to find out the weirdest thing that uh, Silicon has ever written. I'm not sure I I know I've heard a few stories from you but I don't think you've told this one yet I think I might have touched on it but I don't think I really elaborated much I I think I might have just mentioned it in passing okay breaking character breaking breaking character here just for a second soliloquy yep do you actually have a story about the weirdest creature you've written or are you just making stuff up yes I have a story Oh, you do actually have a story. Oh, okay, cool. I was trying to work out if you were trying to make stuff up here or whether you wanted to, um, uh, you, whether, <laughs> no, whether you wanted to just roll it. for it. It's actually real. It's, yeah. it's, okay. um, I might, she might flourish a bit. But, She's you not know, possible. She's not, no. <laughs> she did a thing. It was real. <laughs> She's got scars and everything. Yeah. It was a real. It was a real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I now realise it's clicked in my brain. I know what you're talking about. Right, got it. Yeah. Yep. It's a bit of a long story, but it is really quite interesting that I, I do have to go back in time a bit for you to understand fully. Is um is that all right? She again, she sort of she does the looking at a watch. She doesn't have a watch, but does that sort of like well? Well, so the queen sort of taps on on her knee and says, "Trust me, you'll love it," and puts her hand like on her knee and a, a little bit flirty, a little bit kind of you know somebody that's just a little bit touchy generally when they talk as well. 
Well, I, I suppose I could, uh, I could stay for a little longer, by all means. Oh. If you ever travelled to or been familiar with any of the uh, glacier plains? I haven't been outside of Chalt myself, personally. So, no, I have not. Oh, it's a shame. I've, uh, you really should try. I've, I've, um, I've travelled all over. It's fascinating out there. I can tell you stories for days about being out there, but right now I'll get on with this one. I was um, taken in by a monastery when I was a young girl, uh, and that was in these glaciers. But they they were a bit sexist with who they trained and what they did. Um, and Siliqui suddenly sort of like tries to get the attention of the barman and says, have you got knee nuts, please? Because um, she's aware that she's a little bit drunk and mm-hmm. needs to sober up. Fair <laughs> enough. Or anything but potato. <laughs> anyway, um, well. so... Um, they didn't like the girls riding at the monastery. And um, I did try a few things. Like, they, they had wild boars. Well, boars, because they weren't wild anymore. Which, a couple of times, I did try and ride as a, as a little girl. And um, because the horses were too big for me. As I grew up, I got caught a couple of times trying to ride the horses. But I did teach myself to ride a horse. I actually became quite good with it. Had to do it in private, because the the uh, the elders there, they, they frowned upon a lady um, learning to ride. Where that was something that was made for the greatest warriors and the knights. The females in the monastery, they were taught more how to like to do tapestries and art and make blueberry wine. And I, I wanted to be out there fighting. Anyway, underneath the depths of the glaciers is this horrible, horrible beast. Have you heard of the great white worm? Not one that I am familiar with, no. What are they? Uh, presumably they are worms that are great and white. They are, they're a, a bit of an abomination, really. They are absolutely huge, like hundreds of feet. They're huge, huge, huge things. And their outer skin is, is so hard. You, you can't crack it, you can't break it. And then inside they've got, it's just like a burning lava. So if you do ever get near one, if you're, if you're even able to get I near one. I think I've heard traders speak of them, yes. Are they called something, there's something called... It begins with an R of some kind. It does. I've forgotten the name. Bear with me. <laughs> Remoras. Yeah. Remoras, that's it. That's Remoras. the one. Remoras. Not, not Rupert. Not Rupert. Not no. Rupert. Yes, that's what they are called. The Remoras. Oh, God, that's horrible. Mm. It's so that pretty. is. That's pretty, quite isn't it? disgusting. I even, I even uh, want to you, know what's going on us? in that picture. Um, it's a leech eating a worm. Nasty. It's no. a yeah, vomit inducing. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> For the second one. Or spaghetti. Oh. It wasn't a very nice picture, listeners. You don't want to know. <laughs> um, so, um, the greatest warriors um, within this monastery, they would have to prove themselves by riding this great white worm, which is almost impossible. It's incredibly dangerous. Many people die trying to do it. It takes a lifetime or your entire youth training uh, for this one moment. Uh, I know the feeling. Had to do had to do something similar for the dinosaurs, as I recall. Really? Uh, well, you have to learn from a young age. It's not something anybody can just pick up, you know. I, I can imagine that being a female as well, being a woman, even in towns that seem like they've got equality, I feel like you still have to fight harder to prove yourself. Uh, lucky, luckily here we have no such qualms. Women and men race together in these races here. That's refreshing to, to hear. Well, women can be strong in their own right. In fact, in many ways, much stronger than men. Oh, I quite agree. We're a tough species, as women. Oh. Of course, no, no offence to the man present, and she sort of she she taps your taps your shoulder there, Zibby. Oh, you got no argument for me. You got no argument for me. Oh, I, I know Zibby well. I know that he um he approves of a strong woman. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> she looks at him with a uh, twitchy eyebrow. <laughs> uh, Zibby, Zibby, Zibby does his uh, Zibby does his DiCaprio impression again. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he um. I appreciate that about Zibi. Um, but yes, I was uh, a bit of a delinquent youth in that way that I wanted to prove something. You? And, um, Never. <laughs> would you believe it? <laughs> well, I, I know I'm not exactly shy in retiring, but um, Siliqui still keeps now and again tapping the side of her arm or her shoulder. It's still ever so slightly flirting and, and sort of like... Yep, fair enough. Uh, Zibi, will you get another round in? Oh, I'll, I'll just get right on that then. Right, okay. <laughs> Steve, can I have another couple of lagers and uh, um, whatever she's drinking? I, I don't know. I think you know what she's drinking. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Thank you very much. Speaking of your drinks, by the way, 
Um, <laughs> this so far has cost the pair of you. Oh. <laughs> did Eliza Four. not say that she was treating us? She did. So that's she did to the That's why I'm reducing it from what yet. I was going to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's four silver pieces each. Okay. Okay. Just because this wouldn't this wouldn't necessarily be included in like day to day expenses. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, me being me, I left the monastery one evening late at night when everybody was getting ready for bed, and, and I snuck out. I actually tried to ride this um, great white worm. It was enormous. It was terrifying. The heat, just by being in its presence, without actually even being on it. How on earth did you get on its back? Oh, with great difficulty. <laughs> I am. Um... Well, I gathered. I gathered that. Much. I, I've got the scars to prove it. I mean, um, I don't want to really sit in the middle of a bar and take my shoes and things off. But those scars are fascinating. From it. Oh, well, take your word for it. But it's it's you're, you're right. I can the, show the you. Little... I just don't want to show you in a very public place. It's a bit like some people have a weird thing about feet. In fact, they in fact they they may do. <laughs> the hell. It's certainly a fascinating tale, Soliloquy. Is that meant to be Soliloquy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you saw that, kid. Thanks. Soliloquy used to be bigger when she was younger. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Um... <laughs> Eliza is certainly interested in hearing more about the Mohaz and about how you got on with riding that worm. <laughs> Why do I say these things out loud? However, um, she does seem to be, she sort of, she takes what you're saying about showing her her scars, but she does seem to sort of just say, uh, perhaps another time. Right now, I, I feel the need to, to perhaps head home, just refresh myself and get ready for the day's racing tomorrow. I can understand that, um... What do you think, Zibi? Should we um, head back to to ours as well? Oh, I, I, I guess so. We should probably go and find Percy and Rana. They're probably into all sorts of trouble by now. Probably knowing them not. It's been lovely meeting you, Eliza. I, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. What time does the race start? What, um, what time do you get here and everything? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, the races run through the day. You have uh, the two-legged and four-legged races are through the morning and early afternoon. The uh, unchained race tends to happen a couple of days, a couple of days, a couple of hours after <laughs> midday. Uh, it's the it's the very last race. The most uh, the most pomp and ceremony is uh, surrounded with that one. And it takes off from uh, Tiriki Gate, which he indicates the gate that is closest to the Enchanted Dinosaur, the one through which you actually get to Tiriki Anchorage. Mm. And is that the one that you're going to be going in as well, the, um, the Unchained? The Unchained race, indeed. You'll be looking for me on my red bone crusher. And if you miss the uh, race itself, you can uh, find me on the winner's podium. <laughs> of course. Who else? Siliqui, can you make me a perception check? Still at disadvantage, please. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's hard. Oh, no. That is heartbreaking. <laughs> that <laughs> is. A 20 <laughs> and then a 2. Um, so that would still be 7, but still. Unfortunately, the alcohol, even with some uh, even with some peanuts, the alcohol is still sort of... It, it's already in your system and, and messing with you. And you sort of... You, you shake her hand and uh, unless you guys have anything else you particularly want to say to her just now or ask her before she leaves, she will make her way out. Uh, don't forget, if you would like if you would like a painting or a, you know, a portrait or an abstract or whatever, I'd love to do one for you. It'd be, uh, it'd be my pleasure. Of course. I will take you up on that offer, perhaps in the, in the future. I'll be able to pay you well for it. Oh, that'd be lovely. We're staying at the Giggling Squid, so you can always come and find me. Aye. Of course. I'll be sure to do that, she says, looking up and down. And Zibby, it's been lovely drinking with you too. Aye, good luck tomorrow. Indeed. Though, I shan't be needing it. She turns and leaves the enchanted dinosaur. Before we get into you guys discussing anything more, however, I will jump back to Rana. Um, mm-hmm. We were still chilling on top of the uh, <laughs> dinosaur shed. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, Rana's been sitting there for ages, so yeah. I think he has been. Be. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little after sunset, Rana, and you're still sort of sat there, and even in the sort of, as the as the light goes, every once in a while you sort of, you glance down, and Bone Cruncher is still staring up at you, and as the as the sun goes down, you, eventually all you can see is just the two pinpricks of light that reflect off of him, but even they sort of fade as the sun goes down. 
But then you hear a commotion. You hear this sort of... Uh, this movement um, sort of coming up to the door and you can hear all the other dinosaurs. You hear this sort of dull thuds and growls as each of them sort of seems to be getting up. It seems like all of them are sort of preparing for something and sort of growling and snarling underneath you. You going to do anything in particular just now in reaction to that? Nobody's come in yet, but uh, is there anything uh, you'd like to do? In response, Ronald will use one of his wild shapes to turn back into the Huntsman Spider, which has dark vision 30 feet. Okay. As you turn back into the spider, you sort of you shrink back down again, and you can start to see. It's not a very big, uh, big open space underneath. So you are actually able to see down, and in the in the pen beneath you, you can see Bone Cruncher is now sort of he's he's looked down and he's looking almost expectantly at the doorway to his pen. It's a little too far to see into the other pens, but as I say, you can hear this sort of shuffling around. And glancing towards the main door to the uh, stables, you can see that there's some torchlight seems to be slowly approaching. I think Rana will, Rana will sit there and he will observe. Sit there and observe. Okay, right. Yeah. So um, interrupt me if there is a point where you want to react to what's happening in some way, okay? Yeah. Rana, as you're watching, you see this, uh, you see that this flickering light comes up and... Uh, Cholton man comes in, dragging with him this large cart. And on the cart, there are various slaughtered animals, mostly goats, but the occasional axe beak and a few what looks like actually, actually looks like small, very young dinosaurs are also sort of piled on this cart. This Cholton holding the flame before him comes rolling in and you can see now as the light sort of starts to permeate and filter through some of the gaps in the uh, in the woodworks. You can see all the other carnivores are starting to get up. They're getting roused. They know that this is this is feeding time. As you watch, the Cholton man stops down beside uh, the first two sets of doors and he sort of he grabs two of the corpses and sort of pulls them down and pushes them with a very quick shove towards the uh, bottom of each of these doorways. He then takes this long pole, kind of looks like a, um, uh, like, what are they called? The sort of the things that they use in casinos to collect up people's chips and stuff. Um, oh, what, those long pole things? Uh, with the Yeah, long pole bits. things. They've got like a little shovel end. Yeah, yeah. they're called uh, long pole things with a little shovel at the end. I think that's, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's yeah. what they're called, yeah. Technical term. A oh, yeah. rake. <laughs> Sorry. A rake. Yeah, it's sort of a rake, isn't it? As he sort of, like, he takes his pole and he, he pushes the carcass under the doorways and is able to, to push it in. And you can hear, though you can't necessarily see because of the angles, you can hear the food being snatched away by the creatures within and start as they start to tear away at their food. As you're watching, this man sort of slowly makes his way up, passing these various cuts. You don't notice any particular sort of pattern to how he's doing it. For instance, it doesn't seem like there's particular sort of like, this meat goes to this creature and this meat goes to this creature. It just seems to be that he grabs the first thing that he can see, pops that down and shoves it underneath. Uh, if you'd like, you can make me a perception roll to see if you do notice anything odd at all. Yes. That's, uh, where's my... There we go. Uh, 19. 19, okay. You keep standing there. You scuttle back and forth once or twice on the uh, beams of the roof and sort of looking down. But as far as you can tell, again, there's no indication of anything being different or any sort of system in particular. The man just grabs the first thing he can see on the cart puts it down and shoves it and goes very methodically along doing one side and the other and just slowly feeding each of these carnivores and eventually he gets up to bone cruncher he grabs one of the goats and lifts it up places it down and again just like with the others he takes his scraper and he just pushes it through the hatch and you can see from your vantage point above him you can see that uh, bone cruncher starts to voraciously just sort of tear into this goat however as far as you can tell as far as you can see Nothing particularly seems to be out of the mist. There's no sense or pattern, no indication that anything is odd here. It just appears to be just appears to be feeding times in the stables. Is there anything you'd like to do as you're watching this? Um Yeah. Rana will scuttle along the beam. He'll scuttle towards sort of out over the roof, down the outside of the building, trying to stay concealed, and he'll scuttle towards the cart the man is pulling. Okie dokie. Uh, would you like to make me a stealth check, please? 
Okay, dokey. Do I get advantage because I'm only four inches across? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's good. Uh, 15. <laughs> I saw how that was rolling. <laughs> um, you scuttle on down. You sort of you keep an eye on the uh, on the handler as he's doing his job, and as he as he turns away to start sort of positioning and uh, getting ready to push a corpse under one of the handlers, you, you scuttle up to the cart without being noticed. You can get up quite easily and sort of have a look around, and you don't think from where you're positioned, you know, you don't think you'll particularly be noticed. The cart is now getting fairly empty. There's only one or two more uh, animals left in the uh, cart. Are there any bits or chunks? little bits that my spider can manhandle or is everything too big for me? Most of it would be too big for you. There's small pools of blood at the bottom where, you know, things have been they've, you know, these guys have been clearly freshly slaughtered, so there's still a bit of blood leaking at the bottom of this crate. A lot of it, however, is dripping out of the cart and you can actually see on the inside, most of the cart is actually quite quite heavily stained red. Um, this is clearly the uh, the feeding card, so to speak. There's not really any pieces. You can roll me an investigation to see if you do find anything, though. Okie dokie. Let's do that. That is 13. 13, okay. Yeah, you just... You have a look around, but unfortunately, yeah, everything... Everything is too big. There's no, There aren't any particular small chunks of flesh or anything that have come off that would be small enough for you to handle. You can get closer to the corpses, though. That's easy enough. The guy who's manhandling stuff... It's dark at the moment, isn't it? How well lit is the area? Not very well lit at all. You're kind of inside, the sun's gone down, and the only real source of light is the torch, which this man is actually... He's hung up beside the door so that it illuminates the, the passage where he's working, but it's not a very bright light. It's just enough for him to see what he's doing, just to make sure he doesn't get to... Just to make sure he doesn't get too close to one of the caged animals. Okay. I will crawl behind the cart onto the floor Okay. so I'm behind the cart mm-hmm. I will crouch down behind the cart I'll wait for him to turn the other way and I will end wild shape okay yep you sort of sit there waiting and you see him he picks up another corpse for the next uh, next creature and yep. turns away from you I will then use control flames cantrip to extinguish the torch and when it goes dark I will reach up into the cart and I will grab a small carcass or something that I can now manhandle because I'm man-sized. Mm-hmm. I will drag it out the cart, and then I will try and <laughs> creep my way um, out of the building with my ill-gotten gains. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. So you cast your spell, Control Flames. I may instantaneously mm. extinguish flames um, within a five-foot cube. So the flame just ceases to exist. It's instantly okay. dark. So what I'd like from you then, please, I'd like a sleight of hand roll, please, to see how quickly you can just sort of do both in quick succession. Uh, eleven? Hold on. Is it eleven? Yes, eleven. Okay. So you change back and you switch off the light essentially you cast the control flames and it, the light snuffs out but as you do it you're sort of glancing back at the guys he looks up and you think he's out of the corner of his eye will have seen you as you sort of stood up and just and cast this because the cart's not particularly big it's big enough yeah. to carry them but it's not big enough to completely hide you and you're not entirely sure if he's seen you but when you turn out the light he definitely goes <laughs> hey hey who's doing that and so you know that he has at least some idea that somebody is messing with him. Whether or not he's actually seen you, you're not sure. But it's just that moment between switching and switching off the light. You think he thinks he might have seen something, he might not have done. Certainly he didn't look right at you. What I'd like from you next then is another sleight of hand to grab one of the corpses and make it out of there. Uh, 13. 13 okay that's that's a little bit easier you grab in you grab one of the corpses you can hear the stumbling as the man sort of like looking around trying to see you as you sort of make your way out you realize that there is a little bit of light coming from outside so you realize that the man probably can just about make out a silhouette perhaps he calls out but you hear this sort of as he uh hits the cart it sounds like uh trying to get out (laughs) 
what are you going to do as you move outside and sort of look about you? Carrying this, you sort of look down, you're carrying like a small axe beak in your arms. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rana will uh, Rana will go outside. Um, then when he's outside, he will he'll, he'll sort of he'll cradle the axe beak as though he's carrying like a small baby or a small child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, essentially he will he'll 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 turn left around the edge of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll basically just uh, he'll just make a run for it. Okay, then right. Um, Subtlety be damned. <laughs> Subtlety be damned. Okay. <laughs> so as you turn as you turn left, you hear behind you. You hear somebody shouting, just like, "Hey, I stop, thief, thief!" Um, and you can hear sort of like this this pounding footsteps um, as you turn around the as you turn around the round the shed. You see ahead of you there are a uh, there are a couple of buildings and uh, there are one or two people sort of milling around, but not a lot of people. Uh, what exactly are you going to do? How are you going to try and get away from this person? Um, speed, speed. Okay, you're just gonna you're just gonna run for it. Just okay, run, is carrying this sort of dripping oozing corpse Rana is going to pick the straightest line away it's amazing. and just pour all the gas basically yeah. I love the fact that it opens afterwards as well oh, sorry that <laughs> gift yeah, sorry. Okay. So, sorry Toby I sent a gift that was stupid sorry yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ he's going so fast as well I've watched that about eight oh. times over now. <laughs> oh, that looks painful. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Um, sorry professionalism, professionalism. <laughs> um, and uh, right, so uh, Rana, what I'd like, um, I would like an athletics check, please. Okay, dokie. If you have proficiency, do you, can you add your proficiency bonus as well? You can, yes, because yeah. it's, an, it's yeah, it's an athletics check. So yeah, you can, yeah, because athletics should be your strength plus proficiency yeah. if you have proficiency in it. So not yeah. good, uh, not good. Seven, <laughs> seven. Okay, I get I get plus four, which is pretty good because I'm proficient in it. But that's, not, yeah, not, that's not not, not, not bad. Um, hold on a second. Let me just roll for uh, <laughs> let me just roll for the guy chasing you. Okay, yep. Okay, so you tear off through the streets, sort of looping, trying your best to get through Cherokee Anchorage, and you can hear behind you the pounding of feet as this uh, this, this, this this handler chases after you, still shouting, just like, Oi, stop! Stop! He's not fast enough to catch up with you, but he is still hot on your heels. You round a corner. The road continues and will loop around to the right, but there's also a set of shacks sort of immediately to your left and there's this sort of there's literally there's like a clothesline a set of set of clothes held up to dry what would you like to do? (laughs) you've got a split second in which you're just kind of like you've rounded the corner and you know you're out of view but you've got seconds to decide what you're going to do if this doesn't descend in some kind of bawdy farce with Rana putting on some ladies pants I will be disappointed (laughs) (laughs) on his head as he goes through them (laughs) my officer I don't know where he went <laughs> I pretend he's pregnant, you know, like as, with, with sheets wrapped around him and the axe beats the belly. <laughs> Rana will immediately, uh, he'll immediately swing left towards the clothesline and attempt to duck under them. He's going to immediately, right, okay, so what I'd like from you, I'd like you to make me a stealth check, please. <laughs> One stealth check coming up. Hmm. <laughs> That is eleven. <laughs> God, we said okay. Ryan is absolutely rocking the mediocre rolls. Wow! As you as you sort of dive through this, uh, dive headlong through this set of uh, laundry, you let the shirts and various bits of material fall back behind you, and you hear the the thud thud thud. Wait! Stop! Come back! Thief! 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 Come back! Where have you gone? Where is it? Where is he? Where? And it just gets further and further away as you realise that somehow (laughs) he has completely missed the obvious. (laughs) It's just run straight round the corner. Every once in a while you hear this sort of like raised shout of just uh, just like, where are you? But for all you know, 
He has no idea that you ducked into there. Amazing. Amazing. Feet behind the DM screen. He got a natural one. Wow. Um, <laughs> for perceiving that you'd gone behind the uh, behind them. So yeah, yeah, that 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 worked. Uh, <laughs> Rana, um, you are hidden in a bunch of washing with a dead axe beak cradle in your arms. You look about yourselves and you realise you're you're in between a couple of shacks um, that are built against the sort of uh, sheer cliff face um, of the hills that make up the sides of the ravine that you you know would be um, Melo's throat on the other side of the hills. You can sort of you can see the city walls, um, but as you look sort of down at this axe beak, you can see it's been it's been it's been cut across the neck as its way of uh, slaughter. What are you going to do with it? I say slightly nervously. Uh-huh. Um, Rana will look for a funnel and three feet of hosepipe. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> Rana will sort of straighten his clothes and things a little bit, um, and then he will walk out into the street and he will just balls out, just walk straight for the straight up the main street towards the gate, heading back towards the giggling squid. <laughs> okay. Uh, so not even not even attempting to necessarily hide yourself, just to make it look like you're just an ordinary man walking up the street um, with a dead chicken for a walk. S- with a chicken in your arms. Yes. I mean, yes. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think this is more deception, to be honest, because you're not hiding. You're trying to make it seem like you're normal. So roll me a deception, please. Um, bad. Four. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. Okay, as you are, as you, as you are walking, <laughs> you're walking straight up to the gates. Um, you spot in the road ahead of you um, what looks to be the handler looking around, trying to work <laughs> out where you've got to. He sees you. Your eyes lock. And there's just a second where he's just looking at you going, wait a minute.